Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 34 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott here with you today alongside Cody Jansen as the Oilers and our man Bob Stoffer make their way to the Pacific Northwest very soon here. I don't think they've actually departed yet, they, though they may have. Duncan Keith is, is speaking right now. That's why I say that, but I think he was part of the second group today, so I imagine that they are, in fact, on the plane headed to... SeaTac Airport. Uh, guests of this show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue here in Edmonton. Well, one man we know is familiar with the landscape of the Pacific Northwest, having broadcasted for years and years in Seattle and Everett and Portland, for example. We bring aboard one half of your oil play-by-play duo it is cam moon rejoining us on oilers now mooner how you doing today man uh it's a great day great day for a hockey game isn't it it always is it always always is is. and uh an exciting one i would imagine for well everybody involved in the sense that they haven't traveled south of the border to play a hockey game in a calendar year and a half or so and and so that's got to be excitement to buzz for all of them even though i know the process this time around is a little bit uh, uh muddied shall we say well, okay, so there's a few more hoops you got to go through to, to make it happen. I think everybody's so excited that you're able to make it happen that they're, they're more than willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah, it's exciting. It's great that um, we're getting back to at least closer to normal as far as the NHL is concerned in, in the travel and, and fans in the building and what a difference that makes, certainly from last season just the the atmosphere it's got to be tremendously different and tremendously improved for the players and i think of you know a few nights ago in winnipeg it was sold out there like just a a great crowd that made all sorts of noise and you felt like uh, you're you know right back to normal so i think it's great well, you jumped on the plane uh, what uh, last Sunday, and uh, or you might not even have jumped on the plane, but you no, certainly. No, yeah. Oh, did you? Okay, you were in yeah, Calgary, Sunday, like, and just... then uh, two nights ago in Winnipeg. Yeah, there you go. So you've already been traveling. How nice is it for you, just in in the position that you're in, to get back into that sort of routine, or or however similar it is right now to the routine. Well, I, and it does make a, a tremendous difference in the ability to call the game when you're there and can see the whole ice at once when you're just limited to what the screen shows you you don't know what else is happening if there's a a penalty being called by the backside referee or uh, when players are changing and coming onto the ice you can see that in your field of view Uh, on the screen you can't always see that so it does make a big difference absolutely and you also get to now that there are fans back in the building last year there was just an empty rink so there was no atmosphere to to soak in to help paint the picture of the game now you're you're immersed in it so that that helps you as well so it's 
I, I didn't realize how important all those things were until they were taken away last year. And then I realized how, how much you, you value those and how much you really took it for granted prior to that. Cause I never thought I'd see the day where you would be you know, sitting in a, a studio and watching it on TV and doing the very best you can, even though it's, it's not as e- it's not as easy as being there. So yeah, it's, it's all good now. I don't know if this would interest the listeners all that much, but I'm curious about your game prep and how it would be different when you're doing it for an exhibition game and just how much deeper of a dive, I suppose you would need to go into in order to find information on so many more players or different players with strange backgrounds or routes to where they're, where where they're at right now you know for you is how different is it broadcasting an exhibition game well it is it's different for sure because all the players aren't household names so their information you have to dig a little bit deeper now i'm old enough uh, brendan that i remember a time prepping for games before the internet so <laughs> that's way more difficult <laughs> newspapers uh, and books have, like, yeah, exactly. Well, you, whatever you got on books and your phone, like what you'd have to phone people and actually yeah. have conversations. Uh, that was the only way you got information. So only you'd, you'd make sure you could watch teams play uh, either in person or on television and, and have to make notes accordingly. So even though all the players in the preseason aren't, household names so you have to dig deeper on the ones that aren't it's there's still so much information that's accessible so quickly that it really doesn't uh, it doesn't feel like it's work at all it never does but it's so much easier than whatever you had and if, if you remember the old nhl guide and record book <laughs> that thing was that was, was your Bible. And in the Western League, it was the, the WHL official guide. Like, once you got your, your hands on that, well, you weren't letting that thing go for nothing because that was your, your you know, entire source of information beyond picking up the phone and calling people to talk about players, like where they came from. Hey, I remember the time when, if, when you were putting together the team roster, because, you know, I had to do – uh, media relations and what have you in Red Deer. And you put together the team roster at the start of the year and you couldn't access outside of the WHL uh, the last year's players' stats. <laughs> so to, to get, like, so say, you know, the the player the year before played for, oh, let's say Edmonton Maple Leaf Athletic Club, you know, for example. Sure of which you know I'm very partial to. Uh, if he had played what is now U18, uh, you would have to either go to the player and ask them, and some of them knew, and some of them didn't, or or somehow get a hold of, of the stats from the year before. So like that's how we had to do it so like now it, it seems it seems so easy see i'd be the one pumping up my own numbers yeah uh, yeah i had 30 oh. goals last year oh, 35 talks oh. absolutely i did 100 <laughs> percent. that used to happen and honestly and i'd give them that look yeah well i had like you know, 30 goals and you know 45 assists i look up are you sure yeah. like i've watched you in camp you know <laughs> are, you, are you sure 
<laughs> Not a chance. Well, hey, okay, so as we chat with Cam Moon, uh, one half of the Oilers play-by-play duo here on the Oilers Radio Network, Cam spent a lot of time calling games in this very region tonight, in this very building, as a matter of fact, where the Everett Silvertips are housed. They play host tonight. Um, tell me about that area as a, a hockey market, even as you've seen it at the WHL level. Well, it, it's it goes it goes back a long way, I, and and not just in the WHL. I, Seattle's been there since seventy seven, seventy eight. Uh, the Kamloops Chiefs moved there. They they were the Breakers in seventy seven till eighty five. Then they changed the name to the Seattle Thunderbirds. But they you know they all they stayed in the same place. It's the same franchise. So they've had that WHL for that long. But before that, they had the Seattle Totems, which was in the Western Hockey League that was the Pro League, uh, and that's back in like the sixties, fifties, sixties, and then kind of into that early seventies. But that whole area, like. Since Seattle moved there, I know it's a WHL team, and this I can attest to because I, I've seen a lot of games there in the area, not just Seattle, but, of course, Everett. And, and I know they've played a preseason game in Spokane, but it's not like Spokane's close. That's about a four-and-a-half-hour drive, and you got to go you know, over the over the mountains to do so. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is a rich history. Uh, I remember the old rink in Seattle, and Rob Brown would be able to attest to this because he would have played there a lot more than – than I did because I was in the Eastern Conference and he played in the West. But they had this old rink, which is right by where the where the rink will be where uh, the Kraken will play. And it was called the Mercer Arena. And it was this thing about 4,500 seats. And they sold these like super big gulp beers there. And, <laughs> and the, the atmosphere was incredibly raucous. And uh, it, yeah, and it was an old, you know, old building. And it, they say it has character, but it, I mean, it also had rats. So like there was that too, <laughs> but they, they have always supported it well. And, and Everett came in in the 0304 season. And granted, I mean, their, their first year was an expansion. They went right to the WHL final. They lost to the Medicine Hat Tigers that year, but they had a great year and they drew really well. And it's a beautiful building where the, the Oilers and the Kraken will play tonight. Uh, that building, it's about 8,000 seats uh, that, that opened in 2003, and it's its absolutely uh, perfect for, for junior hockey. And I, I'd be stunned if it's not full tonight, uh, you know, given the fact that uh, the Kraken have had a, a pretty good start, I would say, as far as getting their name out there and everything that they've done. But I think it's a great market. And, and you're really, you're only three hours from Portland, and the Winterhawks have been there since 76 when the Oil Kings moved to Portland and have done incredibly well uh, since 76 as far as, uh, you know, attendance and, and creating a hockey market in Portland, which is also a pretty big city that's only three hours away. And people from Portland will go to Seattle to watch football, to watch baseball, and now to watch hockey. So I, I don't think that part can be lost on it, too, the fact that, you know, that's, it's a pretty big city that's only three hours south where you don't have to go over the mountains. And uh, I, I think they'll draw from there, too. I, I, this, it, I, it's, it's a long time coming to have a team there, and I think it's going to be amazingly successful. And you can put me on board for, and I'm a bit of a jersey nerd, let's be honest. Like, I absolutely come clean. I, I thought those jerseys the other night when they played against – the Oilers, those white ones, were yeah. unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't know the color of that 
green, blue, whatever we'll you want to call it. Call it seafoam green. That's what, That's I what we're calling sea it. Seafoam okay. green. Seafoam green. Yeah. That is awesome. And the logo is like when they first came out with the name Kraken. I was like, whoa, uh-huh. like a, I don't know, a cartoony. It, it is, but then the way they've uh, they've marketed it, the way they branded it, but the logo's really good, and and I like the clean lines of the jersey. It doesn't have lines going weird ways, and and it's not an angry cartoon character with a hockey stick or anything <laughs> like that, which is a bit cliche, I think. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, I I like what they've done, so mm-hmm. I I look forward to uh, to the first time calling a game in Seattle. I'm also looking forward to see what they did to that building because they kept the the roof's the same, but that's it. Like they basically gutted that thing because I broadcasted a bunch of games in that building too when the T-Birds were playing in there. Uh, so I, I'm very interested to see what that looks like as well. My understanding is they basically lifted the roof off yeah. of the rest of the building and then built underneath it. So it's, it's yeah. going to be an engineering marvel whenever it does get completed. I, I, I assume that it's on track, but maybe we'll have to check in closer to the start of the regular season. We've got Cam Moon on the line. Cam, we do have some quotes coming in here from Duncan Keith uh, per Reed Wilkins. And Keith was speaking after this uh, second group skated today. He was you know, a little bit more um, pushback coming from Keith as far as the reluctance to get vaccinated. And this is from Wilkie verbatim. It says, Keith says he feels he's done a lot to keep his immune system strong and healthy. Adds it was frustrating to have to take the vaccine to play hockey. He says the travel regulations were a big part of his decision to get vaccinated, though. So, you know, and that to me is is part of the group accountability in a sense that really didn't necessarily leave the veteran who still wants to be a part of things with another option. You want to travel with the team? Well, you're going to have to get vaccinated. And so obviously that ended up being the final straw for Keith's decision, even though you still see the reluctance. Josh Archibald could well be ending up down the same path here. But uh, just to lay that out there, uh, you've seen the group skating on the ice. I don't think you've seen. Did you get to see Keith skate today? No, I did not. No, okay. So just generally speaking, I mean, we don't really know what he's going to add. I think he's going to draw in on um, Monday night against Calgary rather than tomorrow against Winnipeg. I believe that's what Tippett said. So let's get your whole outlook on what you've seen, you know, as far as the pace, the tempo, the the uh, chemistry, that sort of thing, at the Oilers skates that you have been able to attend. Yeah, well, yeah, and I... I I've been to, to every one of them, and I just didn't watch. I watched the guys playing this morning. I didn't see uh, uh, the guys after. Uh, but, yeah, it's. Well, I, I think the pace has been amazing. I think Zach Hyman has fit in with Connor McDavid and uh, Yesipuli-Arvi completely seamlessly. That part has been it looks like they've been playing together forever. So that part I think is great. And Euler fans should be excited about. Uh, I am incredibly optimistic and pleased to see, because I didn't know a lot about Warren Fogle before he got here. I read about him, but I didn't actually watch him play a lot. So until I see a guy play, I don't really like commenting on. Um, and, but now I have, and, and I, I see a guy that works incredibly hard that takes the body and goes to the net. I don't, I don't know that he's going to put up huge numbers, but he'll put up some. And 
it seems to, it seems to me from from what we watched last year, this is exactly the kind of guy the team needed. So that's wonderful. Uh, Derek Ryan is doing exactly what Derek Ryan does, and it, no different than he did the last three years with the Calgary Flames, uh, you know, winning draws and uh, good on the PK and that sort of thing. So uh, that's outstanding. Yeah, I I hope that um, that Duncan Keith is able to to get up to speed right away. I'm sure he will. Uh, a veteran like that that keeps himself in such good shape. Uh, I would I would expect him to be, you know, step in and even in, you know, get some these last three where I think that's they figure be there around for the last three preseason games. But, you know, he should be able to, to be up to regular season speed right when the regular season gets going. So to me, those are all important things. It's very interesting that battle for those last couple of forward spots, like it, between, you know, you got Colton Sevier and Ryan McLeod and, and Tyler Benson and Brendan Perlini and Devin Shore. Like there's, uh, you know, Seth Griffith. He's, like, those guys are all battling hard. Cooper Marodi. That's, that's going to be, that's interesting to me. I don't, I don't know where the, who's got the inside track at this point uh, outside of maybe Devin Shore. I really like Shore's game. Um, And it, that these games are so important. That's why those guys are playing in all of them (laughs) or most of them. Coach and management, they want to see what they can do and and they're giving them every opportunity and it's, you know, it's really up to them. So yeah, that to me, that's the most, compelling drama that uh, we're seeing really in camp. The biggest difference to me is I feel like we're at the stage with the personnel where you don't need to look at who's scoring in the preseason to figure out who's going to win out these final spots. It's because these guys can all sort of chip in their eight to 10 goals a year, I would suspect. So now they get to really evaluate where else can we utilize you? And that again, I think is a really good problem for the evaluation staff to have at this point. I agree. I didn't mention Kyle Turris. He should be in that yes. mix as well of guys that I mentioned. But you're right. Like, who is better on the penalty kill? And, and which guys that play the middle uh, are better at winning draws? And, like, that sort of thing. The, the, not just the goals and the assists. Like, who gets to the puck first every time? Who wins the one-on-one battle? Who comes out of that corner with the puck more often than he doesn't? Those sorts of things. Who's a good guy in the room? Like who, who's a popular guy with his teammates? Like that all comes into it too. Um, It's it is quite a battle, and and these guys you can see like they're they're laying it out there. Like you can see it, and and that's awesome because that's what it's about, and that's going to be the difference if you stay or if you don't. Uh, you know, other things do come in. The business side comes in. You know, if you're on a two-way contract, if you're on a one-way contract, mm-hmm. how much is your, your money in the minors? All those sorts of things. Who has to go through waivers? That sorts of, like that. That all comes into it. Yeah, that's part of it too. I totally get that. But but the most important part of it is what you bring to the team, what you bring on the ice, and, and whoever the coaches and management feel is going to be the best fit, who's going to uh, be the Really, the guys that they can get the most out of, well, those are going to be the ones that stay. And that's why, you know, sometimes you say, well, geez, eight preseason games, that's a lot. Well, you're right. It is a lot. But they're they're going to need those for those guys. You don't need it. Like the top 
guys are the top ten guys. Mm-hmm. They get a few games, especially the last few, where it'll it'll kind of be the team. I would think that uh, that then they're ready to go. You know what they can do. But this is where it gets interesting: is is who makes it on those final spots. Cam Moon's got the call of tomorrow night's game here on the Oilers Radio Network. Mooner, we'll see you at Rogers Place. All right, can't wait, thanks. That is Cam Moon from the Oilers Radio Network. Tonight, though, it is the Oilers and Kraken live from Everett, Washington. Jack Michaels has the play-by-play there. You know, Bob, he's on the airplane right now. That's why you're hearing from me on this edition of Oilers Now. We're going to step aside briefly, and we'll come back with the injury report for our friends at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Eight o'clock puck drop, but it's okay because it's a Friday night, right? Eight o'clock on a Sunday, that's trouble. We've heard that before. Eight o'clock tonight, though, from the Pacific time zone. It's eight o'clock, Chad time. Uh, Six o'clock for your face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. Let's go to the injury report. It's brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Well, Duncan Keith, you already talked about him earlier, could be in the lineup as early as Monday, pending how practices go this weekend. Keith was in quarantine. Uh, Chris Russell, Dave Tibbetts said he might play Thursday against Vancouver. Depends uh, how practices next week go for him. And Tippett added today that they're still waiting on some test results from Josh Archibald before he can uh, get back up to speed. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one to follow. At this stage of the game, I don't know how much trade value is remaining for a player like Archibald and he's you know when he's out there he's effective but if he's not going to be out there for 30 games that's not going to work needless to say don't want to beat that dead horse we will uh we'll connect with Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses horse racing Alberta coming up after the one o'clock news and gets you know his thoughts on uh, the team's performance through three games the Oilers sitting at uh, two and one some thoughts on Cassian and uh, yes, Apoyarvi as well as he enters the final year of his two-year deal. And my, has this player ever endeared himself to a fan base that once, that once wasn't sold on this player. But since he's come back, much improved from when he left and spent that year in Finland. Yes, Apoyarvi has been a big part of the excitement around this Oilers team. And Cody, he looked fantastic alongside McDavid and Hyman on that line uh, when Seattle was in town the other night. Yeah, that's going to be a deadly trio, I think. I mean, there, there, there's so much potential there. And we were talking about it before. He becomes an RFA after this season, I believe. And you didn't really give your thoughts on, you know, Vancouver's situations. What do you think of the reports coming out of Vancouver with Pedersen and Hughes? Do you like them? Do you think they're good lengths, good term? What was your thoughts? Yeah, I was a bit surprised. I thought that you know, they would probably want to lock up the younger defender for longer if possible, but he's also probably eyeballing a bridge deal. So you said one was 7.25, the other 7.75? Well, Quinn Hughes, his is reported to be the six-year deal at 7.75, okay. and then Pedersen, a three-year around 7.7, maybe even a little bit less. He got the bridge. Okay, sorry, I, I mixed those two up. Well... You know what? The bottom line is the Canucks organization needed to get both of these done. They didn't make all the offseason noise that they did in that blockbuster.
blockbuster trade with Arizona so that they could squander their own assets this time around. So Jim Benning cleared whatever cap space he could in order to make that move, and he gets them done. And now you can really trudge toward gelling the long-term positive outlook within that team like I feel like the Oilers have right now and and you're seeing the PTOs sign here you're seeing guys want to come here and resurrect their careers you're seeing guys want to come here and excel in the prime of their careers if you're Vancouver now you've locked up two pieces or are about to because this hasn't been made official quite yet you're about to lock up two pieces of your winning core and now you can start insulating with some of the same that the Oilers are now have the luxury to now is this going to walk Pedersen right to UFA status like is is he I know we had those comments about you know, so, some interesting comments about Vancouver in the offseason is this him just saying give me a bridge I'm going to be a superstar and I'm going to get paid elsewhere Depends how many elsewheres there are who can afford the kind of contract that he may end up earning after three more years. He's had a pretty good run, but he's also had an injury-plagued run. So who is the real Elias Pettersson? suppose we'll find out. But again, that deal not quite official yet. We are throwing it off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell back with Sportsnet Spec. Mark Spector on the other side. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.